0: fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply Today is February 17th 2023 and our first story George Soros says he hopes Trump and his go to war so that they lose the democrats will then win in a landslide forcing the republicans to reform A lot of people are claiming Soros endorsed DeSantis, and that's a lie. In our next story, what's going on in Ohio continues, but the New York Times claims it's all a big right-wing conspiracy and not to trust what we are saying. Meanwhile, the governor is actually saying there's a chemical plume flowing towards West Virginia. But don't worry, the New York Times says that's a conspiracy theory with no evidence. In our next segment, a new study says that natural immunity is better than two doses of the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, surprise, surprise. We've got many more stories in today's podcast, so leave us a good review, give us five stars, share the show with your friends, and now let's jump into that first story. If you believe that George Soros has endorsed Ron DeSantis, I got a bridge in New York to sell you. He didn't. I'm going to cut to the chase. George Soros did not praise Ron DeSantis. Sort of, you you can maybe argue he did, but he really didn't. He was deriding the man. And he said he hopes that Ron DeSantis and Trump go to war because Trump is a whiny baby who will run as a third party candidate, run as an independent, sabotaging the Republicans and making sure they both lose. And then the Republican Party would have to reform. The man is quite literally hoping that you all do exactly what we are seeing pundits on the right now do attack Ron DeSantis and claim that George Soros is endorsing him. I will simplify it one more time, and then I will go through all the data and evidence and quotes and all that. George Soros wants Trump supporters to fight Ron DeSantis, to sabotage the Republican Party so that Democrats win. We are now seeing prominent conservatives, people who really love Trump, arguing that this is the kiss of death, that, that Soros is actually praised and endorsed Ron DeSantis. I don't care for the lies. Believe whatever you want to believe, but I'll tell you the truth. The Gateway Pundit published this overt and insane fake news, which is not surprising to me, which is why I don't use the Gateway Pundit. Full disclosure, Cassandra Fairbanks, the editor-in-chief of TimCast.com, also does write for the Gateway Pundit. I know that. The kiss of death, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis endorsed by George Soros. That is a lie. I like Ron DeSantis. I like Donald Trump. I don't know who would be the better candidate, the better president. I have no idea. Uh, There's a lot of good things about Donald Trump firing people. Uh, this, This was it the schedule F stuff that I'm looking forward to. He had great foreign policy and he may be the only person willing to go nuclear on the establishment. Ron DeSantis has done a lot of really awesome things in Florida, things I really like. But he may decide to play ball to a certain degree so that he doesn't get bogged down like Donald Trump. Pros and cons. your poison. I got no idea. But right now, the battle is beginning. With fears that Ron DeSantis is going to run for office, you are now seeing the war begin. But there's something else here, another component. One component is that the election just passed. And for those that are working in news and politics, your revenue is drying up for two big reasons. As I mentioned, the election's over. Now there's very little interest in news and politics relative to what it was like in the midterm. It will ramp up and get insane in the next coming year and a half, two years, as more money gets dumped into politics. But not only have people lost interest, as we're almost two years away from the next election, the big one, the presidential presidential election. It's also the beginning of a year where ad revenue is low. So what we're seeing, why is there so much drama and crybaby nonsense? Because people, they're seeing their revenue go down. So they're desperately trying to squeeze blood from a turnip. And thus, making this war between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump a thing is lucrative. And it's going to make everybody a whole lot of money. Not a lot, lot, but you know, enough. It's going to get people to click. It's going to make stories like this. We're all going to talk about it. And then for the diehard Trump supporters, they're going to try and push Ron DeSantis out of the race. Well, my friends, let me show you what George Soros actually said. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member to support our work directly. Click that Join Us button and uh, share the video, all that good stuff. Smash the like button. Follow me on Instagram or something. Here's what Newsweek wrote. George Soros' praise for Ron DeSantis rattles Trump supporters. Now, this one's also a lie-ish, but, uh, you know, it's it's, it's a lie, but it's not nearly as bad as saying he endorsed him. Newsweek writes, supporters of Donald Trump have expressed their fury on social media after business tycoon George Soros described the former president as a pitiful figure and predicted he will lose the 2024 uh, nomination to DeSantis. Soros, a Hungarian-American billionaire and philanthropist, blah, 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 blah. The 92 year old said, my hope for 2024 is that Trump and DeSantis of Florida will slug it out for the Republican nomination. Trump has turned into a pitiful figure, continuing mourning his loss in 2020. Big Republican donors are abandoning him in droves. DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless and ambitious. He is likely to be the Republican candidate. This could induce Trump, whose narcissism has turned into a disease to run as a third party candidate. That would lead to a Democratic landslide And force the Republican Party to reform itself. Quite literally, he said that. that. That is his hope for 2024. George Soros hopes that you all, Trump supporters and DeSantis supporters, fight each other so that the Democrats win in a landslide. Good job putting out fake news. Doing exactly what George Soros wants. He says it. It's in his quote. And there are people who are still absolutely willing to push this garbage. Trump announced he is seeking another term for the White House in November. We get it. Bowling suggests DeSantis is by some margin the best placed Republican to defeat Trump. Soros, blah, blah, blah. He's turned into a hate figure for some on the right. We get it. We get it. Carrie Lake, a Republican who lost the November uh, Arizona gubernatorial election. And is currently trying to get that result overturned. Described Soros' remarks on Twitter as a kiss of death. No, Kerry Lake simply tweeted out. Let me uh, see. Here we go. Kerry Lake tweeted this The kiss of death. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis endorsed by George Soros. I like Kerry Lake. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Carrie, this is a fake story. And you should take the tweet down or apologize for putting it up. It didn't happen. Gateway Pundit is just outright making up trash. It's a fake story. As I already read for you, George Soros says, my hope is that Trump and DeSantis fight so they both lose and Democrats win in a landslide. Does not sound like an endorsement for DeSantis. Sounds like a chaos endorsement to sabotage the Republican Party. Here's what the Gateway Pundit wrote. Hey, Joe, Joe Hoft. Good job. Florida Governor DeSantis just received the kiss of death. George Soros has endorsed DeSantis for 2024. That is outright fake news, a lie. Anyone who read the quote from from Soros knows that's not true. When the devil likes you, you might be doing something wrong. Soros famously admitted to helping the Nazis in World War II, steals, blah, 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 blah. We get it. You're dragging him. After his relationship with the Nazis, Soros is connected to a number of nonprofits. Soros-related groups were behind riots, blah, blah, blah. He then quotes conservative treehouse that says when billionaire leftist and creepy globalist George Soros is complimenting you, your, your personality attributes, you just might be doing the whole Republican presidential candidate thing wrong. Just saying. He then quotes my hope for 2024 dot 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 Trump and Governor DeSantis of Florida will slug it out for the Republican nomination. Trump has turned into a political figure continually mourning his loss. Big Republican donors are abandoning him in droves. DeSantis is shrewd, ruthless and ambitious. He is likely to be a Republican candidate. Hey. Hey, Joe, how come you cut off the rest of that quote, the rest of the quote where he says this would result in a land? This would lead to a Democratic landslide and force the Republican Party to reform itself. Why did you uh, stop right here at the first sentence and not include the rest? Granted, there's the video of him posting it. Fine. I can accept that. He says Soros hates President Trump and did all he could to see him removed from office. The fact that he shared this about DeSantis is not a good thing for the Florida governor. Good job, everybody who believes this stuff. Soros may also be trying to make sure that DeSantis doesn't win. He's evil, not stupid. You got it. He's going to spend the next 18 months doing all he can to split the Republican vote. And if the Gateway Pundit was honest and actually gave the full quote to people, the comments would be saying, holy crap, this guy is evil. He is trying to destroy the Republican Party. Take a look at how Fox News reported it. George Soros predicts Democratic landslide in 2024 if Trump and DeSantis slug it out. Wow. That's more honest. So it is uh, it is a bit disappointing to see Carrie Lake posting a link to a story that is fake news. I know that Carrie Lake is very much pro-Trump and would not support Ron DeSantis running against him. But I will tell you this right now. I despise political tribalism, and I will not vote for either of these individuals if this is what they're going to be doing. I'll tell you this. If Ron DeSantis comes out, And says it honestly, he's got my vote and I will never vote for Donald Trump because this is the kind of garbage I reject and can't stand. You're a Trump supporter. You want to support lies and manipulation? I don't have your back. You're a Trump supporter. You want to call this out and say this did not happen? I have your back 100%. I like Trump. What I don't like is for the past several years, what made me end up in this position was that the media kept lying about Donald Trump. I don't care if you like or dislike the man. I care about whether or not you're telling people the truth. And if you want to come out and push these lies, don't expect me to support you. And don't expect me to assist you in your campaigning. Dan McLaughlin on Twitter said, quote, someone said, Carrie, you're going to be the DeSantis of the West. Honestly, other than being called Trump in a dress, that is the greatest compliment you could pay me. Carrie Lake, August 14th, 2022, when Ron DeSantis campaigned with her. Here's this Max guy on Twitter, a tweet I saw. He says, Soros endorsed DeSantis is a grifter litmus test. You can safely dismiss the opinions of anyone saying it. First story, DeSantis' campaign hits back at Soros-funded election manipulation with ad buy on Hispanic radio network. Next story, George Soros-backed open border group suing DeSantis over migrant flights violates federal tax laws. Here's another story. From Fast Forward, DeSantis suspends Soros-backed state attorney over stance on abortion. And email insights, Ron DeSantis renews George Soros' attacks attacks in law and order pitch. George Soros does not like. Ron DeSantis and wants to see him lose. He also wants to see Donald Trump lose. He wants to see all of you fighting. So this is strange. Why are so many prominent figures helping George Soros? I'd like I'd like that question to be answered. You know, I'll say it now, as I said before, back during Occupy Wall Street, when I told people what was going on, I had many on the left saying Tim's an honest journalist. He's a real journalist. And then I called out the violent extremists and they got mad. And They said, why are you pointing the camera at our people? You're supposed to be on our side, I'm not on your side. I'm trying to tell people what's really going on so that good, honest people can build a better nation and figure out how to run things. I am not omniscient and I'm not the only one who can see what's happening, but there are certain things I can call out. While you'll certainly need way more sources than me, I'll do my best. And that's what you will get moving forward. If you want to lie to help George Soros sabotage the Republican Party, do it on your own time, and then I'll sit back and call you a liar. I can't stand this garbage. Well, my friends, there is other news in this space that all comes together. Don Lemon talking about Nikki Haley. All right, let me tell you how this comes full circle. Nikki Haley. Okay, well, let's, let's start from the beginning on this one. Nikki Haley, of course, is running for president. I really doubt she'll have an impact. Don Lemon apologizes on CNN CNN staff call for Nikki Haley age comments, but network remains on alert. Don Lemon on on his show on CNN said, Nikki Haley says politicians aren't in their prime. Well, she better be careful because she's not in her prime. I'm I'm sorry. That's the way it is. He says she's too old. Basically called her an old hag. He didn't literally say that. He just called her old. And then Poppy Harlow's like, prime for what? Like having kids, which actually was an astute comment like what does it mean? She's in a uh, Nikki Haley is is in probably a good age for politics. I just think she's a terrible politician. But yeah, so Don Lemon is forced to apologize. Nikki Haley fires back at Don Lemon. I made liberal heads explode. Did you now? So here's 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 what happens. We get uh let me let me pull up this tweet from Jenk Huger. I hope you enjoy this one. Jen Huger of the Young Turks responds to Nikki Haley. He says. Nikki Haley keeps saying how much she makes liberal heads explode. Honestly, I don't know anyone on the left who's ever bothered to think of her, let alone be frustrated by her. And I got to be honest, he's completely right. Nikki Haley is irrelevant. She, she caters to country club Republicans. That's it. She has like a, a tiny group of people who follow her. Congratulations on announcing your presidential run. You'll sell some books. To which I responded in a quote tweet, the kiss of death. Jenk Yuger endorses Nikki Haley for president. Do you get the joke? Jenk didn't do it. Just like George Soros didn't. I immediately tweeted underneath this in before someone thinks this is a serious tweet. Calm down. You're being too loud. And of course, it didn't matter that I literally tagged my joke as parody as a joke, because then you get Jenk Yuger tweeting in response to me. I'm confused by this. Not only do I not endorse her, I can't find a way to care about her. Besides, all Republicans are the same. They all have the same agenda. Tax cuts for the rich. It's the only thing they ever pass. Everything else is just a trick to get there. Jank, I literally said in the tweet, did you read it? It's not serious. It's a joke. Okay, but I can't expect Cenk to be following all the news on this stuff. And I mean that literally. So I said it's a reference to an article about George Soros and DeSantis. And also and then I linked me literally saying in before someone thinks this is a serious tweet. Calm down. You're being too loud. Cenk, it's a tweet thread. There's two tweets. I explained the joke. But this is where we're at. So there's a there's a couple different big stories in here. Nikki Haley does not make liberal heads explode. I do not think she's a relevant political candidate, but she's somehow making herself relevant with Don Lemon being forced to apologize. And then this CNN's Don Lemon takes time off from his morning show a day after his sexist remark about women as co-host Caitlin Collins says he has the day off and Poppy Harlow reports on all star NBA game in Utah. Oh, man. Can I just tell you guys media is imploding? I don't care. I don't care if it's independent media. I don't care if it's corporate press. It's just all coming crashing down. I can only say the best thing you can do is is work on becoming as self-sufficient as possible. And as I often talk about chickens and how much chickens are great and they waddle back and forth and run towards you, hoping you have food and treats, they will grant you eggs. Yes, chickens will eat the bugs. They will live in the pods and they will give you eggs. What a beautiful gift, a blessing. But being self-sufficient doesn't just mean getting out of cities and taking care of chickens. It means y'all are going to have to source this information yourself. Because look, all of these news outlets combined, publishing fake news, get way more views than I do. Now I get a decent amount of views and I can say I'll do my best to break down the lies. I don't care where they come from. There's going to be a lot of stuff I get wrong. There's going to be a lot of lies in the mainstream media that I end up falling for because I'm imperfect. And so the best thing you can do is be self-sufficient. So it's fun. It is. It is a bit disturbing to see all the drama bubbling up right after an election. Maybe maybe all of the conservatives were saving the fight until after the midterms because they were scared of losing. You know, they did not want Republicans didn't want to lose. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think what happens is everyone becomes desperate. Everyone becomes desperate for some kind of shock content. Don Lemon is now in the news because his temper tantrums have boiled over. Nikki Haley is loving the fact that he basically called her old because it puts her in the press, and she's trying to run for president. And of course, people are willing to entertain lies about George Soros because they want Donald Trump to win. I'm just so sick of all of it. I mean it. I mean it. I was actually contemplating, and I and I've done this several times, uh, had these conversations, and people seem to think that they're new. I am. How do you describe it? I I, I've long talked about living in a van down by the river ad nauseum. In fact, many of you are probably like, oh, yeah, 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 here we go again. But this is the reason why just at 1 p.m. I'm talking about NBC News saying that they have some report that came out saying that natural immunity is stronger than two doses of the vaccine as strong or stronger. And I'm thinking to myself as I see this story, I'm like, what else is new? The fact that all of us know these things But then the issue is from time to time, I'll do a story where I'm like, guys, I've talked about this. We've talked about this. We've we've debunked this. You know, not not that story specifically, but there will be a story that'll come out that will debunk. And then the same garbage narrative emerges. And the first time this happened, I said, I don't want to talk about it, I don't care. And I got a response from people saying, not everyone knows what's going on. And this, calling out the lies, may be the opportunity for them to realize they're being lied to. So don't assume every single person watches every video. Don't assume every single person knows every single story. Fair point. I took that into consideration years ago, and that's why I say, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll cover this story, despite the fact I'm going to say a lot of the same things I said last time. This is the fight. Every day, grinding away, realizing this. Some people have pointed out to me as well. I've had people say, you know, I used to watch all of his videos, but then it started becoming the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, I agree, man. I agree. So what do I do? The problem is... If I don't cover these lies and explain to you when they're lying, some people won't see it and they'll never be made aware. They'll never be apprised to these lies. So it's tough. It is not easy. It is certainly not easy. But you know, there, is, there are some things that kind of make me feel good. And it's like watching Don Lemon have a mental breakdown and then quit and Chris Cuomo as well. The New York Times CNN's chairman rebukes Don Lemon over comments about women. Mr. Lemon's assertion that Nikki Haley was not in her prime had been widely viewed as sexist. It's just the stupidest thing ever. It's all fake. It's all garbage. What does it mean to be in your prime? I don't think any man or woman in their 50s is in their prime. Technically, I'd argue that at 19 is your prime, male or female. I'd literally. 19-year-old pro skateboarders tend to be like the best pros. And then these these pro skaters who are into their like you know early 30s, their skill level drops precipitously. Yeah, I think for most young people, maybe like 19 to 24. That's your prime, your peak, your you're maximizing your strength as you're finalizing your human development. And then probably prime is probably more fair to say 24 to 28. And then with social norms and with business and stuff, you can argue that your maximum impact will be in your 30s in general. So physical prime younger and then societal prime is probably in your 30s for both men and women. So if Don Lemon wants to come out and say she's not in her prime, I ain't going to rag on the guy for doing so. I just I think it's I think it's funny. Here's the story here. Don Lemon, the CNN morning show anchor, faced an internal rebuke from the chairman of his own network. Chris Licht opened his daily 9 a.m. editorial call by saying the remarks by Mr. Lemon, which were widely viewed as sexist and insensitive, had left him disappointed. Talk about just garbage. Let me tell you a story, my friends. We are at timcast.com. We don't have editorial morning meetings. We have we have an internal communication board, and we can talk about stuff. But uh, if someone came out and said something offensive, I would just be like, okay, you know, well, you know, it is what it is. I let the editorial team do their thing. It's just so dumb. There's so much. There's 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 so many more subjects to be concerned about. But you know what it generates press for him. The New York Times is talking about him. Quote: His remarks were upsetting unacceptable and unfair to his co-hosts, and ultimately a huge distraction to the great work of this organization, Mr. Licht told his staff, according to a recording of the call obtained by the New York Times. Mr. Lemon roiled colleagues on Thursday when he asserted on air that Nikki Haley, the 51-year-old Republican candidate, isn't in her prime. Quote, a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s, 30s, and maybe 40s, Lemon said. Don't shoot the messenger, Mr. Lemon added. I'm just saying what the facts are. Google it. Yeah, Google actually says 50 Blech, come on. Ugh. It's really your 30s. For real, it really is. You get older. You're in your 30s, you're at that point where you're assuming control of these systems, you're taking over, you're becoming the manager, you're moving up to become the boss. That is when you're having your biggest impact. Some people go continue and carry on from that, but really that that's for most people, it's your 30s. And you can argue having kids in your 20s, you know, whatever, for men and women. On Friday's call, a far more contrite-sounding Mr. Lemon addressed the matter in a six-minute monologue to the CNN newsroom. I'm sorry, Mr. Lemon said. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. I didn't mean to offend anyone. He added, the people I'm closest to in this organization are women, citing a list of female colleagues, including Dana Bash and Aaron Burnett. Mr. Lemon was absent on Friday from his program's broadcast, though he had previously said he was scheduled to take the day off. He dialed into Friday morning's, uh, Friday morning's call from Miami. CNN this morning, you know, this is what they all do. Fox does it. CNN does it whenever there's a controversy, they get them on a plane and fly them somewhere and say, no, no, they were scheduled to take a vacation. It's totally normal to get them to shut up so they can't start any more fires. The whole system, in my opinion, is just trash. OK, here we go. Here we go. Nikki Haley. What did she say? Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley said Friday that sexist attacks like the one launched a day earlier from CNN. Oh, it's so stupid. These people are also dumb. It was Don Lemon yesterday. It was The View co-host be Goldberg the day before. you will be somebody else tomorrow. I have always made the liberals' heads explode. They can't stand the fact that a minority conservative female would not be on the Democratic side because they know I pull independents. They know I pull suburban women. They know I pull minorities over what, we're, uh, over what we are trying to do. Lemon caused an uproar, blah, blah. We get it. Look at that. Oh, look how happy Caitlin Collins is because Don Lemon's not there. Oh, congratulations on hosting your own show, Caitlin. I think all 10 people watching were excited to see you. Yeah, Okay. Nikki Haley doesn't grab independence. This is also dumb. I can't stand any of it. It's all fake. The world's fake. Welcome to the fake reality. If we don't live in a simulation, we live in a fake world comprised of narratives meant to manipulate your worldviews so that you give your support and your labor to somebody who's probably got malintent. Hi, how are you doing? That's how I feel about all this. And I don't care if you're on the left or the right. For a period, what I believe I was seeing is that the media was so desperately lying about Donald Trump that if a person like me came out and said, hey, they're lying, Trump supporters said, hey, Tim Poole's a real journalist. Then when Trump came out with his gobbledygook garbage and I said, yeah, that's trash, they said, Tim's a shill for the establishment. He's controlled opposition. No, you're just wrong now. With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere. If you're wrong about something, I'll say it. What we're seeing now is the rise of DeSantis derangement syndrome, which brings me back to the fake kiss of death story. This is exactly it. DeSantis derangement syndrome. Probably the only real threat to Donald Trump's second term hopes is Ron DeSantis, assuming he does run and we think he's going to run. He's getting attacked in every direction. The left is saying he's more dangerous than Trump because he'll be a competent Trump. Trump supporters are saying he's a shill working with the establishment, and he's a plant. And I'm just sitting here like, dude, I don't even know. Ron DeSantis has done a lot of really good things in Florida. And that's good for Florida, but Florida ain't the US, so I don't know if he can handle the nation. But Donald Trump also did a bunch of dumb things as well, John Bolton being one of them. I can give him credit in some regards, but Bolton ended up stabbing him in the back. Donald Trump was also bogged down by the deep state with the Russiagate investigation and Ukrainegate impeachment. So I can respect he wasn't able to do everything he wanted to do. But I look at Ron DeSantis and I think this guy is like a competent Trump. So I go back and forth. Is Trump going to be better? Is is DeSantis going to be better? My money is on Trump being the nominee because I just don't think DeSantis has it. However, that's only if Trump and DeSantis go head to head. If Trump bails out, okay, well, yeah. I don't think that's likely. So I'm fairly certain. I haven't been on it in a while. Predict it. I think my shares are in Donald Trump being the Republican nominee. Ron DeSantis probably shouldn't run against him. Look how bad it's already getting. But I'll tell you this, man. I'm not interested. I am absolutely not interested in entertaining any liars. You know, so many people on the left refuse to come on this show because they know I'll call them out. I wonder what it's going to be like when We bring in some conservatives who are pushing the lie about DeSantis and George Soros. And then I just say, why did you lie? Why'd you lie? Now, I'll say this. I like Carrie Lake. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, as as I mentioned earlier. She may have just saw this story from the Gateway Pundit and believed it. I can respect that only to a certain degree. Carrie, you need to actually read the quotes. But uh, Joe Hoft over at the Gateway Pundit didn't actually include the full quote as to what George Soros really said. He cut it off. How amazing is that? I wonder why. Seriously. Just shilling for uh, for Donald Trump for the sake of shilling for him? OK, I'll tell you what. If that's the game you want to play, I will do everything in my power to make sure that everybody knows y'all are lying and Trump supporters are lying. And then what I imagine will happen is the independents will just throw up in their mouths, mouths a little bit just being sick of the system, probably vote for DeSantis. This is what I wanted to see. The reason I didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016 is I didn't trust him. I didn't trust him or Hillary. Then in 2020, I said, I'll give the guy my vote because I see a, a media apparatus, a narrative machine that just lied, cheat, was lying, cheating, and stealing. And now what are we seeing from the Trump camp? Not Trump himself necessarily. I mean, he is attacking Ron DeSantis, there was a media report claiming that he called him like Meatball Ron or something. I think Trump denied that. He calls him Ron DeSanctimonious, which is a terrible name. Ungrateful or something like that. What we're seeing is from Trump supporters who seem to think that they're going to be able to pull a fast one on the faction of people that came to existence resisting the narrative lies from the corporate press. What made you think this was going to work lying about this? What made you think the average person would fall for it? The people who voted for Trump tend to be, well, conservatives, but many of them tend to be those who saw through the lies of the corporate press. So by all means, keep trying to lie and see how that works out for you. But I can't imagine it'll work out well because it's going to leave a sour taste in people's mouths. Soros endorsed DeSantis is a grifter litmus test. You can safely dismiss the opinions of anyone saying it. I don't think Ron DeSantis is the best possible choice. I don't know for sure. Trump may be better if in a year and a half or two years, the Trump camp and its supporters keep lying like this, I will gleefully vote for Ron DeSantis and advocate for everyone I know to do the same. But I'll point this out, too. When Luke Redkowski, who hates the government, is saying good things about Ron DeSantis, that says a lot. I mean, Luke doesn't really like the government, so. But when people are pushing lies In an effort to support Donald Trump to the detriment of Ron DeSantis, instead of winning on the merits, you lost me. I don't know what what Donald Trump has to offer at this point. I've seen his videos. He said some good things. He's talking about culture war issues, which is smart. But going after Ron DeSantis in this way is a bad move. I'll tell you how how Donald Trump wins this one. He simply says, Ron DeSantis may be one of the greatest leaders we have seen in this country in a very, very long time. He has transformed Florida in a way no one thought possible, shifting the politics there by double digits. Truly an impressive feat. His policy actions in Florida have led to prosperity, have helped people see through this pandemic and have done away with insane leftist ideologies. Ron DeSantis is truly a great governor. But he's not a president and he doesn't have that experience. And that's why Donald Trump is the right choice. Donald Trump spent four years bogged down by a deep state establishment and then a pandemic. He learned a lot in the position and brought you the best numbers of your lives in the economy. That means when placing the bet, Donald Trump is the safer choice. And Ron DeSantis will be an excellent choice in 2028. That is how you advocate for Donald Trump, not this garbage. I can give you all the arguments in the world for why Donald Trump's the better choice. His foreign policy was amazing. Not perfect. Not perfect but really good. But I will gladly vote against the man if y'all just keep spitting in my face and lying to me. And I'll take Ron DeSantis and all of his inexperience and imperfections as long as he tells me the truth. And I think many people agree. I think a lot of people do. Trump doesn't get a free pass and get to lie his way through this one. Now, I'm not blaming Trump for what other people are doing. I like Trump. He's not the perfect guy, but, you know, he may be the right choice. We'll see how people handle it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. It used to be, as most of you know, that journalists were speaking truth to power, trying to inform us to keep the people safe so that we could understand if corrupt powers are using their power for corrupt ends. But now, of course, as most of you already know, and you don't need me to say it, journalists are just vehicles for corruption to persist They are masks worn by the corrupt to protect their corrupt activities and cover up malfeasance. Check out this tweet from Crystal Ball. New York Times response to the Ohio train derailment is to suggest those concerned about the continued health impacts and environmental fallout are right wing conspiracy theorists. That's right. The New York Times writes Chernobyl 2.0. Ohio train derailment spurs wild speculation. For many influencers across the political spectrum, claims about the the environmental effects of the train derailment have gone far beyond known facts. Yeah, but they, uh, at the New York Times, just say you're right wing. You are right wing if you'd think the government lied about what's going on. Hey, can I show you something? Can we talk about what's going on? How about this one? From TimCast.com, Biden administration says Ohio is ineligible for federal disaster assistance. State officials have warned a chemical plume in the Ohio River is expected to reach Huntington, West Virginia. Hey, hold on there a minute. What's that? State officials are warning a chemical plume is moving downriver and is going to toxify the waters in Huntington, West Virginia. Whoa, oh, sounds like something really bad's going on. But but I know we can rely on the New York Times to give us the facts, right? I'll tell you what, my friends. If you want to support the show, become a member at TimCast.com, and more importantly, share this video with people who might still trust this news enterprise, because I'm going to show you facts. Here's the New York Times writes. Since a train carrying hazardous materials derailed in Ohio nearly two weeks ago, residents have feared for their safety. A controlled burn of the toxic materials has filled the air and covered the surface water and soil with chemicals. Dead fish have floated in nearby creeks, and an unnerving aroma has lingered in the air. But for many commentators from across the political spectrum, the speculation has gone far beyond known facts right-wing commentators have been particularly critical. Ah, here we are. The enemy is the right, the right-wingers, using the crisis to sow distrust about government agencies and suggest the damage could be irreparable. And social media, like Twitter and Telegram commenta- uh, commentators, have called the situation the largest environmental disaster in history, or simply Chernobyl 2.0, invoking the 1986 nuclear disaster. Wow, guy, do you really need to say that? They warned without evidence that vital water reservoirs serving states downriver could be badly contaminated. I love it. Let's talk about how Stuart A. Thompson, who wrote this, couldn't even bother to do a Google search before writing this and wants to call you supporting things without evidence. How about you don't even bother to look for the evidence downriver? State officials have warned a chemical plume in the Ohio River is expected to reach Huntington, West Virginia. And hey, TimCast.com, 82 out of 100 NewsGuard certified. Thanks, NewsGuard. Here we go. The Federal Emergency Management Agency told Ohio that it does not qualify for disaster assistance after 50 train cars derailed. We get it. We get it. Dewine also requested the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services as, uh, as well as the CDC. The EPA is working, et cetera, et cetera. Dewine's uh, office in the Ohio Department of Natural Resources have warned that a chemical plume in the Ohio River is expected to reach Huntington, West Virginia on February 17th. That's the day. In a press release, the governor's office said the plume is comprised of butyl acrylate, a clear, colorless liquid notable for its fruity odor. No vinyl chloride has been detected in the Ohio River. Hey, that's strange. There's a link. There's 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 a link from timcast.com, NewsGuard certified, to MSN.com citing W.O.W.K. Charleston, CBS 13, Ohio Governor DeWine, chemical plume to be near hunting West Virginia sometime tomorrow. What's that? They're saying that the chemicals in the water are flowing downstream. Let's read what this moron over the New York Times just wrote about last night. He said, but for many commentators across the spectrum, suggesting the damage could be irreparable. They warned without evidence that vital water reservoirs serving the state downriver could be badly contaminated. Oh, I see the game he's playing. They warned about West Virginia's water reservoirs, not Ohio's. Without evidence, you mean a statement from the state themselves that a chemical plume is floating downriver? These people are evil. It's either the banality of evil or they're actively seeking to cover up For and protect the Biden administration. Hey, here's your right wing conspiracy theory. You didn't do any research, New York Times. I have a quote from state officials saying it's happening, and then you write this garbage. So I can only assume your goal is to dismiss the story to protect people based on political affiliation. But hey, I don't know that for sure. My only evidence is you're lying. And they suggested that the authorities. Railroad companies and the mainstream news media were purposefully obscuring the full toll of the crisis. Please, those of you that are trying to explain to people how the New York Times lies, just show them this. I am I am a reasonable man. Okay, I will try and break this down and steal minute to the best of my abilities. Perhaps this article was written before he knew that they released. uh, There was a press release put out by state officials literally right here, warning that it's flowing down river. Maybe he just made a mistake. That's a fair point. Maybe this guy is just so bad at his job at the New York Times that he did not even Google search Ohio River contamination. Maybe he didn't bother to make a single phone call. Maybe this purported news piece, that's it. It's not listed as opinion anywhere. I don't see Maybe this uh, purported news piece is just an opinion piece masquerading as news. OK, so I'll tell you this. If you find yourself showing a relative this video, trying to explain to them that the media lies all the time, they may be saying, well, maybe he just made a mistake. Uh, yeah, OK, yeah, maybe just made a mistake. So how many articles have you read from The New York Times where they made mistakes? How many times have you caught it? Ah, you see, there's the problem. No, don't get me wrong. There are people online who lie all the time, but I can show you right here. Ohio from MSN press release, Ohio state government saying it is happening. It is flowing down river. This is a chemical plume. Here we go. Planned. What does he say? They suggested the authorities could be obscuring it. Planned attack or cover up or both. Asked conservative daily podcast a program known for pushing far right talking points. What does that even mean, far right talking points? So now that you've been introduced to how the media is lying and they're accusing anybody who is calling this out of being right wing, maybe now you'll realize when they say right wing, they're usually just lying to scare you. Some of that speculation was echoed by mainstream outlets like Fox News, which suggested the fallout could be catastrophic. Uh Uh-huh. And it could. You better punch in at 9 a.m., Ohio. Even if it means inhaling mustard gas on the way in, said a sarcastic Jesse Waters, the Fox News host. Ohio town looks like Chernobyl. It does look like Chernobyl. You see, this is the thing. You have a giant black plume of smoke, of burning chemicals, hydrogen chloride, which bonds with water and becomes uh, acid rain. And you can see it in the sky. And people said that looks like Chernobyl. Are they saying the event in question is reminiscent of the historical moment comparable to the disaster? Or are they saying it physically just looks like it? The Environmental Protection Agency and state officials have acknowledged that the situation in East Palestine, Ohio, is disastrous in many ways. After the train derailed on February 3rd, a fire broke out and about 50 of the 150 cars were derailed or damaged. Fearing an explosion, officials ordered nearby residents to evacuate before conducting a controlled berm. Yes, we all know this. Since then, the EPA said the air quality has returned to safe levels. Residents have, have been allowed to return. A chemical odor lingers because people can smell the contaminants even when they are far below hazardous concentrations, according to the agency. Yes, and the dead chickens, foxes, and other livestock, that's just a coincidence. The air is perfectly safe to breathe for you, just not the animals. Wonderful
1: Play for free at
0: LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Water testing found no indication of risk to public water systems. So far, the EPA said, though, uh, though, private wells should be tested. Utilities drawing from the Ohio River were taking precautions, and at least one company said it had not detected any changes in the water. Oh, no changes in the water. I have a video. And this is why people believe in the conspiracies, and they don't trust you or the government. Because in the video, you can see chemicals in the water. In the video, J.D. Vance, a politician, is showing something is wrong with the water. So when you come out with your report, you're like, everything's fine. Keep drinking. Nobody believes you. After Flint, I love how the New York Times has the gall to just spew this vomit into our faces. Everybody knows what happened in Flint. And we're supposed to trust the government when they say the water is safe to drink? Nice try. At a town hall meeting on Wednesday, frustrated residents pressed officials for assurances that the air and water were safe. Experts urged urged caution as they assessed the long-term consequences, warning that airborne contaminants can settle on surfaces, seep into wells, and migrate through cracks into basements and homes. Yet influencers and right-wing commentators were quick to to draw the conclusions of their own. Theorizing about the extent of the damage at the federal and the federal response, which they have said amounted to an extensive cover up. It's really a scary thing, said Nick Sorter, a video journalist who has covered the situation for Tucker Carlson. Well, they forced the covid vaccines on the country, Carlson replied. So I think they can't be trusted. Pete Buttigieg, who oversees railroads, has become the target of criticism. Yeah, uh-huh, because he's incompetent. Online, some non-scientists wrote elaborate analyses about the toxic chemicals speculating that the airborne concentration of vinyl chloride. One of the chemicals being carried in the train was dangerously high. They rebuffed the EPA's assessment that the air was safe, concluding instead that the surrounding area of East Palestine was badly contaminated for miles. Mind you, I am no chemist, but simply looking at what these compounds can do is worrying, wrote one user on the chat app Telegram in an analysis claiming the toxins would have been safer if not burned. Interesting. Well, the argument there is that vinyl chloride is heavy. Some have said that it's uh, like liquid. I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to pretend to know and that burning it off created hydrogen chloride, which goes into the atmosphere. Now, it can produce acid rain, and that's on the government's, that's on, uh, uh, that's government website. Local media reports described several environmental consequences from the controlled burn, including that some fish were found dead in nearby creeks, and that some domesticated animals had fallen sick. You see how they play that game? Without evidence about animals dying or whatever, and then at the bottom, like, well, you know, animals did die. But those reports quickly melded with unconfirmed and far more severe reports of environmental harms extending far beyond the burn site. Dead fish and cattle being reported as far as 100 miles away from the site, wrote Stu Peters, a right wing commentator on Twitter, offering no evidence. I just absolutely love how they do this. Here is Newsbreak.com, one of their contributors. Newsbreak, of course, 82.5 out of 100 certified by NewsGuard. Concerns raised about food supply after livestock, deer, livestock die near chemical leak in Ohio, home to 75,000 farms. Here's my point. We know animals are dying. We know livestock have, have become ill and some have died. Chickens have died, foxes. Now, as for dead fish and cattle, if people are reporting this, why is this guy wrong? Why are they saying that this guy is wrong, but a local news outlet that argues something very similar nearby is right? Do you see how the game works? If a local journalist witness says not like as a witness, not as someone presenting hard evidence that, yes, fish are dead, then the New York Times says, well, OK, I guess. But if Stu Peters says, I'm hearing reports that even further away, they go, ah, that's unsubstantiated rumor. All of it is or none of it is. Pick one. The belief in a cover up has gained steam since the day, since uh, in the last days since as Internet users used the hashtag Ohio Chernobyl to claim the national and local media were ignoring the disaster. Now, I certainly do think some people are panicking. Fine. Those claims were emboldened after a reporter for NewsNation was arrested while filming a report at a news conference. The charges were later dropped. Yeah, they said he was being very noisy. Well, I got some good news for you. Here are the comments. Here's what the comments, say. First, Mike says, could it be that right wingers are blaming government to shift attention away from their paymasters? Or to obscure the, oh my God. Look at what these people believe. The good news, don't worry, we'll come to it. It's terrible how those on the far right in America have apparently turned into real clowns. But at the same time, some of their unproven claims may turn out to be true in the long run. If this happens, they will only be more emboldened. The normal media really needs to cover this objectively and get some legitimate experts to acknowledge the risks and disaster posed to the community without politics. Let me show you a video. Here's a lady. Here we go. Let's play the video hey, look, she threw a rock in the water. And then what? Let's just, uh, oh, what's that? There's a weird rainbow. Wow. What a, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Look at all look that. At
3: it. It's all in the bottom of the creek
0: bed. So what we're seeing, for those that are listening, chemical plumes in the water. A statement from Ohio Governor DeWine that a chemical plume is flowing downriver. Here's J.D. Vance. He's a politician.
2: Leslie run and there're dead
1: worms and dead fish all throughout this water. Dead worms Stuff, and dead fish. Let me just show this to people. I don't know if you going to see this on the camera, but watch this. Just wow. see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting.
0: He scrapes the creek and a chemical plume bursts up. What's likely happening is that these chemicals are denser than the water, so they're sinking to the bottom and then resting. That is going to kill bottom feeders. It's going to make its way up. And then through bioaccumulation, it makes its way to you. That's why animals are dying. And the New York Times, this is the game they play. Let's see what else we got. Bay Dog says, I'm curious why this toxic toxic train derailed in the first place. Was it a random accident? It's Ohio. If the residents are unhappy, they can relocate. The job market is great hyperbole attracts attention rather than amplify our anti-factual speculation these people believe it all all of this stuff they believe it biden says they're not going to pay jd vance senator shows up and, and shows you we have the chemicals in the water cleaned
2: up the, the the train crash the fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in east palestine do not forget these people we've got to keep applying pressure that's how we're going to fix this problem thank you
0: this is a guy, J.D. Vance, who showed up by himself, I mean of his own volition is a better way to put it because he's got a crew, to show the people what's going on with the contaminations in the water. And what does the New York Times say? Let me show you again just so you can understand. As they go on and on and on about how the right is conspir- conspiratorial and all of that, they say this. They warned without evidence that vital water reservoirs serving states downriver could be badly contaminated. What's a state downriver? Hey, West Virginia is a state downriver. What did DeWine say? That chemical plume is heading towards West Virginia. What if local politicians in West Virginia said, hey, we are concerned this is going to negatively impact our water reservoirs? There's a video going viral showing a woman boiling water and the bubbles harden and that's her local water supply. Now, look, I don't know where that's from. I'm not going to speculate. Can't confirm its origins. We're just seeing people post videos on social media. Could be fake. There's a viral photo showing a car streaked in what appears to be acid rain. Okay, what are we supposed to assume? That people are faking these videos? It's possible. How about something simpler? We are seeing videos of chemical plumes floating in the water. We are hearing from the Ohio State government that the chemical plumes are flowing downriver. How that does not contaminate downstream water reservoirs? Of course it's going to. And this is the New York Times, who will spit in your face and lie to you and convince you that really it's all just the right wingers, the the old right wingers. If it isn't related to global warming, no one seems to care about an environmental disaster. Well, you know, I hear you. There are some people, I saw one comment that, uh, look at this. When did the new conservative movement turn to a bunch of conspiracy theorists? It's kind of crazy that people pull up the New York Times and assume whatever is said in its pages are true without doing any research. And this is why I genuinely believe that the New York Times is intentionally doing this. Because they have they have to have editors and fact checkers, right? Okay. If they don't, it's the banality of evil. If they do, it means they're willfully lying to these people to manipulate them. Man. One person said, so you're going to point the finger at right-wing conservatives. Plenty of Americans of all political backgrounds are tired of corporations cutting corners on, on environmental and safety regulations. Who in their right mind is going to believe that the air quality is safe when there's a strong, unpleasant odor still in East Palestine? Given the state of the world, the people of East Palestine have the right to be skeptical of the government. Nope, you're all right wingers. You're all right wing conspiracy theorists. Crystal Ball, hey Crystal, what is what is this? Who are you, Crystal Ball? Crystal and Crystal Kyle and friends, host of Breaking Points, Ella Lolo and Ida Rose's mama, author of best selling book The Populist Guide to 2020. Well, Crystal Ball surely must be a right wing conspiracy theorist. That's the only explanation, because otherwise she wouldn't be calling out the New York Times like this. Only right wingers do that. Nah, I'm kidding. We all know Crystal Ball is more lefty. But Crystal's great. I'm a big fan. Uh, uh, excellent call out, Crystal. You see, there are some good people. There are many good people across the political spectrum. It's not just about being on the right or being on the left. Crystal Ball is, isn't, I think she's getting married to Kyle Kalinsky. I don't know. He's like a lefty, democratic socialist type guy, isn't he? I think they're both pretty great, actually. Kyle and uh, Crystal are, are, are good people, but they're certainly not conservatives. So what does it mean, then, when even Crystal, for instance, is criticizing the New York Times for calling this for for calling people conspiracy theorists and right wingers etc. Why don't why don't they write an article about the left wingers who have said the exact same thing? Why don't they uh, I don't know quote the governor chemical plume to be near near Huntington West Virginia because they're lying to you because the whole purpose of what these activists do is manipulate the media so that you vote in their direction and then nothing changes. Vote blue, no matter who. That's what they say, right? Well, what they're telling you is that they, they, they won't do anything. If you vote blue, no matter who, they're, they're literally telling you they have no policy plan. They will enact no policies for you. Just vote for us because. Because the right-wingers are evil. You see how it works? You see how those lies are generated? People believe it. So here's what I can say. Share this video um, I don't know. I, look, if you're somebody who has been shared this video and you still don't believe me, just Google it yourself. Look this stuff up. There are certainly people who are hyperbolic or scared, but the New York Times has published fake news, whether as as intention as it's it's intentional or not. They claimed that people were citing without evidence that chemicals were going to impact water reservoirs we quite quite literally have the governor warning down state down downriver other states will be impacted and if you're trying now to argue to me that a chemical plume floating through a river will not impact our water reservoirs, I think you're 100% wrong and desperately trying to justify the New York Times's lies. But hey if you don't want to believe me good luck the rest of you can become a member at Timcast.com click the join us button. Support our work. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. And we'll see y'all there. I genuinely do not know how people live in this world, in the world of the corporate press and the establishment media. I do not understand how there are people who still believe the corporate press and the establishment. How many times do conspiracy theorists need to be the correct ones for you to finally say I'm wrong? But they won't do it. They won't do it. And they'll keep on keeping on saying, well, the science changed. Here's the story from NBC News. Immunity acquired from a covid infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death, study finds. And then the subheader of the story takes it one step further. The immunity generated from an infection was found to be at least as high, if not higher, than that provided by two doses of an mRNA vaccine. Now, here's the thing. Over the past several years, not only did media report the exact opposite, you could get banned on social media platforms for claiming such a thing. But here we are once again. The people who opposed the establishment narrative turn out to be correct. Now, hold on there a minute. I'm not going to play a confirmation bias game, you know. There still are many studies, they claim, from years past saying the opposite is true. But here's what happened. Early on in the COVID pandemic, there were researchers who said when you get sick with COVID, your body's immune response targets different parts of the COVID virus, the SARS CoV 2 virus, or whatever it's called. Thus, Maybe the the antibodies and the immune response can target, say, 16 different elements of this virus. In the event that it alters itself, mutates slightly, your body still recognizes it because one change out of 16 means there's still 15 identifiable parts of the virus your body can go after. What they were saying was that with the mRNA vaccine, it targeted one point of that virus. And if the virus changed the spike protein or part of itself in any other way, that the vaccine may lose efficacy. I'm not saying I know that to be true. That was the argument made early on, but it resulted in people getting suspended and banned, getting studies pulled. And so everybody said, "Okay, fine, whatever. And now NBC News publishes this. And of course, over the past several years, Google has changed its rules. That's right. As more and more of the anti-establishment narrative turns out to be true, YouTube then removes those rules from its COVID misinformation policy. That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. PTW, prohibited by law. See terms and
0: conditions. 18 plus. Now, as I often say with segments like this, I'm not a doctor, dude. I'm just a guy reading the news, so make sure you got a good doctor you can trust. But here's the story from NBC News. You know what? I'm just gonna do this. NBC is wrong. They're they're completely wrong. Whatever Google says, whatever YouTube says in their rules, those are the facts because YouTube apparently is the medical doctor, right? So take all of your medical advice from YouTube's policies. And then if it ever turns out to be false, sue YouTube for giving you medical advice. Or talk to an actual doctor who knows what they're talking about. And don't get your medical advice from crackpot big tech garbage like YouTube. NBC News says immunity, immunity acquired from a COVID infection provides strong lasting protection against the most severe outcomes of the illness. According to research published Thursday in The Lancet, protection, experts say that's on par with what's provided through two doses of an mRNA vaccine. Infection acquired immunity, immunity cut the risk of hospitalization and death from a covid reinfection by 88 percent for at least 10 months. The study found, quote, this is really good news in the sense that protection against severe disease and death after infection is really quite sustained at 10 months said the senior study author, Dr. Christopher Murray, the director of the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington. Hmm. Well, I don't know about all that. All I can really say is that YouTube's rules uh, outline exactly what is true and what isn't through the effect. here's, Here's what YouTube's rules do. They say you're not allowed to assert these things. Well, then we can go ahead and assume what YouTube's advising us based on those things, right? Let me show you, for example. Here's one section. You are not allowed to claim on YouTube that achieving herd immunity through natural infection is safer than vaccinating the population. Well, okay, YouTube is advocating for something that could arguably go against what The Lancet is reporting right now. So I would recommend every single person who has any issue whatsoever sue YouTube. Sue YouTube for creating an editorial policy that restricts certain information if that restriction resulted in any negative consequence to you. Now, I know it's a long shot. They're probably going to get it dismissed. But I just think it's fascinating that YouTube typically takes and has taken an anti-scientific approach. I'm talking to you, YouTube moderators and censors. You enacted rules in the past several years that you have since changed because you were wrong and you were spreading medical misinformation you should be ashamed of yourselves. You are disgusting, evil people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they go on to say the findings may be a small silver lining to the explosive Omicron outbreak of last winter. With so many people infected, many most likely still benefit from that protection against severe disease. Still, experts stress that vaccination is the preferable route to immunity, given the risks of COVID, particularly in unvaccinated people. I can absolutely accept, accept that point. There's a good argument that Getting COVID sucks and damaging your body for the sake of immunity isn't necessarily the right approach. I'm not going to tell you what is. I'm going to tell you to go to a doctor, a good one, a smart one who knows about these studies. And I'm going to rag on YouTube for being anti-science. But that being said, I'm not going to give you medical advice, dude. The problem of saying I'm going to get infected to get immunity is you might be one of those people that ends up in the hospital or die. Why would you take the risk When you can get immunity through vaccination quite safely, quite safely, indeed, if your doctor recommends it, if uh, you're in the right demographics, the at risk group and all that stuff, Uh, I, I, I think the, the media plays this game where what's going to happen over the next several months to several years is exactly what we're seeing now. They are going to backtrack. Then they're going to gaslight. We never said that. We never claimed that the vaccine would stop transmission. And then we'll have to pull up all the videos. But there are people who live in this world who, for some reason, no matter what you do, don't care. They're demoralized. As Yuri Bezmenov stated, you can literally show them the, the same news company, the same corporate press source, updating their story and saying the inverse, and they will scream, no, I refuse to believe it. Then why did you believe it in the first place? If NBC News comes out and says two plus two equals four and you go, okay, then they come out and say two plus two equals five. You go, no, I refuse to believe it. Why? Why did you believe the first story? I do not understand how people live in this world. I really, really don't. Thomas Massey tweets for 18 months. Twitter blocked my natural immunity tweets from likes and comments and searches. It appears they were unblocked and unflagged in the last month. Did the CDC, FDA or a Pfizer lobbyist direct the censorship of a congressman communicating with constituents? Here's what he tweeted in August on August 27th, 21, he said natural immunity greater than greater than vaccine vaccine immunity. So why force or coerce those with natural immunity from prior infection into taking the vaccine? Interesting question. We can certainly make the argument, as they point out in NBC, that you don't want to get covid. And that if you get the vaccine, it will provide immunity. So why get sick where you can have your body damaged when you can just get a vaccine? But Thomas Massey said, hold on. What about people who already got sick, went through it and now have immunity? Why force them to get the vaccine? You can see here that Twitter said misleading. The tweet can't be replied to, shared or liked. He said natural immunity is greater than the Pfizer shot. The vaccine mandates are unscientific for two reasons. They do not recognize immunity from prior infection. SARS-CoV-2 can be spread by vaccinated people. So what's really going on? August 28th, 21, labeled by Twitter misleading. I know Twitter's not YouTube. My point is big tech played this game. They played this game, and that's what they pushed. They say the study was the largest meta-analysis to date to look at immunity following infection. It included 65 studies from 19 countries and compared the risk of developing COVID again in people who had recovered from infections to people who hadn't been infected through September. People who had hybrid immunity or immunity from both infection and vaccination, that's what it means, were excluded. Omicron subvariants that emerged in the late fall and early winter of last year, including BQ.1 and the now dominant XBB.1.5, weren't included. While protection from severe disease remained high, people could be reinfected, particularly with an Omicron subvariant, consistent with evidence that protection against having symptoms wanes faster than protection against hospitalization and death. Having COVID before the Omicron variant emerged didn't do much to stop reinfection with the mutated version. Protection from reinfection in that case was 74% after one month, but fell to 36% by month 10. Dr. Bob Wachter. A chairman of the Department of Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, said he did not expect the protections, protection acquired from infection to be as robust as the meta-analysis found. The protection against severe infection, both the extent and the length of it, at almost a year, is really surprisingly high, said Wachter, who was not involved with the research. Does infection-acquired immunity outperform vaccines? They say the immunity generated from an infection was found to be at least as high, if not higher, than that provided by two doses of an MRNA vaccine, the authors wrote. While Murray and Wachter agreed that vaccination remains the safest route, having a past COVID infection should at least be considered in policymaking decisions going forward, such as vaccination requirements, they said. What Europe did with this evidence made a lot of sense, which is where evidence of past infection was seen as essentially equal to vaccination in terms of requirements to go into events or for or for employment. At the very least, he added, officials should accept that evidence of recent infection is equivalent to vaccination. Notably, the immunity acquired from infection did appear to wane more slowly than the immunity from two doses of an mRNA vaccine. However, Murray said a booster dose would return protection to a higher level. When should I get a COVID booster? The CDC recommends waiting three months after infection to get a booster dose. Now, understand this. They enacted lockdowns. You wanted to go to a comedy show, you had to get the vaccine. You wanted to go out to sporting events, vaccine. What if you just had COVID a month prior? You're not sick anymore. You're not infectious. You have natural immunity, but you cannot get the vaccine. Sorry, you're not allowed in. That's vaccine mandates for you. So I have to wonder about the policies implemented here. Let me show you some of what we were dealing with December 15th, 2022. Why this was only a couple of months ago. Large real-world study finds COVID-19 vaccination more effective than natural immunity in protecting against all causes of death, hospitalization, and emergency department visits. Huh. How about that? From Sid Rapp, University of Minnesota, COVID-19 vaccine gives five times the protection of natural immunity data show from October 29th, 2021, so a year prior. From news.medic- news-medical.net, which... Uh, Actually, as NewsGuard certified, they say people of all age groups benefit more from COVID-19 vaccines than natural immunity. Real world study finds. So how do you live in this world? Many of you may just accept the NBC News report. And I have a question for you. Why believe that one news story and dismiss all of the other ones? I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, I, I think the only thing you can do is find a good doctor who's read all of this and can actually tell you about how the virus operates, what a protease inhibitor is, how these antivirals work, what possible treatments may be, but if you go to one of these fly-by-night doctors and they're going to be like, "I have no idea," just you know, do what the TV says, you're probably going to be worse off. That's the reality for a lot of poor people. I had the uh, privilege, the privilege indeed, of being able to contact a private concierge doctor who explained everything to me in great detail, talked about the studies and just basically knew everything. But of course, these are doctors that cost a lot of money. And that's the reality. What's happened here across the board is that the people who are most hurt by this are the poor, the vulnerable, nay, the marginalized, I should say. And so what are we supposed to do to make sure we get things right? Well, we can call out the censorship And I can rag on YouTube all day and night for their policies. Now, here's the best part. YouTube's COVID-19 medical misinformation policy. The safety of our creators, viewers and partners is our highest priority. We look to each of you to help us protect this unique and vibrant community. It's important you understand our guidelines. Take the time to carefully read the policies below, blah, blah, blah. Is there anything in here? About YouTube shall be held harmless in the event that you follow their editorial guidelines and end up getting seriously maimed or injured through medical malpractice. They say we may allow content that violates the misinformation policies noted on this page. If the content includes additional context in the video, audio, title, or description, this is not a path to promote misinformation. Blah, blah, blah. They say they could terminate your channel or account for repeated violations. Here's what I'm going to say. How many people were misled Because YouTube was allowing misinformation or mandating it, more importantly. There were a lot of things in YouTube's COVID medical misinformation policy that were wrong. And they've since removed them. Should YouTube be held responsible for promoting medical misinformation? What if someone got hurt? I wonder. I wonder what YouTube would say in response to a lawsuit From someone who sued over their editorial guidelines. I wonder what would happen if you went to archive.is, pulled up COVID 19 medical misinformation policy dating all the way back to the beginning, looked at how their policies changed, and then sued them for medical misinformation, holding them responsible because they are the ones who are coercing everyone on the platform into spreading their view of what is medically sound. Now, I'm not saying you'll succeed in a lawsuit against YouTube, but I'm real interested to see their legal argument as to why they can enact rules that pushed misinformation only to later change them and why they are not responsible. So I'd put it this way with all of the video views and all of the creators on the platform, some of them go to the policy and say, I'm not allowed to say X, but I can't say Y. They then say, okay, YouTube mandates. I wonder, I have to wonder, where is the line in terms of civil liability? One example I like to bring up is that Wikipedia, when you go to, say, Project Veritas's Wikipedia page, it says Project Veritas, and then underneath it is a byline referencing who's presenting the content from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. OK, yet when you try to sue Wikipedia, they argue it's user-generated content. We didn't write it. I don't think that flies. I don't think you can play that game. You have asserted your byline as you, from you. And in that article, there is no reference to any user generated content. You're just allowing anyone and anyone to publish under your byline. So you're responsible. How about you change it to Project Veritas from several different users? The list can be found here. If you want the byline, it's your responsibility. Now, my question is for YouTube Are they acting like a boss? Because if you want to talk about what it means to be in a contracted partnership, that is to say, I have a deal with YouTube right now. YouTube, here's how it works. I make videos. I produce content. You then host the content and sell ads against it. Sometimes I sell my own own ads, but mostly I use YouTube's programmatic ad system. We then share the revenue. When did we agree that YouTube could arbitrarily push medical misinformation and require us to lie? Or present misinformation. That's an interesting contractual argument. If that is the case, then I wonder is YouTube responsible for its medical misinformation that it promoted? I say yes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I
0: pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, I imagine it's probably a ridiculous legal argument. They'll say no, but I want I want to see what YouTube responds with. What letter will they write and how will they answer when they are sued by an individual who was hurt by their medical misinformation. And they then say YouTube pushed this. I was watching a video from YouTube. In fact, how much do you want to bet? I'm willing to bet there are videos from YouTube's team on their COVID medical misinformation policy where they espouse falsehoods. I'd be willing to bet. I'm going to look into it. I should hire a journalist to go get one of our news members to start going through all of their policies and isolate where they've changed the rules and when they pushed misinformation. And then when YouTube ran an official video saying, here are our rules, explicitly stating a, a, a medical falsehood, they should be held responsible for pushing that, right? Well, they have free speech, but what I would love to see is how they respond legally in court. We are allowed, they will argue, in my opinion, to say things that may turn out to be untrue later on and what i would imagine would be revealing if that were the case is that they're basically saying we can be wrong and cause harm but you cannot you the the other member on this contract of this contractual agreement are not allowed i think we need heavy reform if youtube wants to engage in contracting i believe there needs to be some restrictions on on their speech on their speech restrictions i think the path to this is government I hear a lot from these libertarians. You think the government should regulate this? They'll make it worse. The government shouldn't be given the ability to restrict speech. They should be given the ability to restrict censorship, meaning the U.S. government legislation should not be allowed to say you cannot say a thing. It should be you cannot restrict someone from saying a thing. If YouTube wants to lie all day and night in their covid policies, then fine. So be it. And if I want to present information that I believe is true, but they don't, they shouldn't be allowed to stop me. That should be on these platforms. But for the time being, the news is shifting once again. And it's only a matter of time before YouTube will be forced to change its policies once more, as they've already done over and over again, because I think they're evil. I hope you're listening, YouTube. I hope some employee at YouTube is sitting there listening, and you just hear me call you an evil human being. Oh, you can sit there and talk about how you thought you were doing the right thing, restricting information that turns out to be true. But yeah, you're 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 at fault. People died because of you, because of your misinformation. And they only changed it after the fact is people disgust me. How about you back back off? Let the public figure this one out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. I was reading this story in the New York Post about one of these female like soft core influencer women. And some guy offered her like $800,000 to be a long distance boyfriend. And like she gets all mad about it. She's offended by it. And I just find it kind of funny because like you're doing low grade sex work for money. I don't care that you do it. Like I always say, I'm like, I'm fairly libertarian, man. People can get what they want to get. I think there are certain issues societally if we continue down that path. But here's a woman who is scantily clad, posting these videos, getting tons of followers to make money. It's not like she's doing OnlyFans. I mean, maybe she is, but like the Instagram stuff, fine, whatever. But she's all bent out of shape about this. So I, I definitely want to talk about that. But at the same time, I saw this tweet from Ryan Long. You know him, you love him, comedian. And he was promoting his podcast, The Boys Cast. And he included a link to this short clip from one of his Man on the Street comedy videos where he asks women if it would make sense that female athletes play topless so that it increases the ratings. And of course, the clip's really funny, and I'm going to play it for you, but I think there's something I think there is something worth addressing in this video in this context. A lot
3: of people don't watch the women's leagues. Do you think it might help if they played topless? No,
0: that's extremely misogynistic and disgusting. Well, the- okay, hold on. Ryan Long, it's it's an older video, but I want to comment on in this context. He said, do you think it, let me show you in the beginning. Let's play it again. A lot of people don't watch the women's leagues. Do you think it might help if they played topless? This young woman right here says that's extremely misogynistic and disgusting. Why? What's disgusting about women having boobs? Is it because men enjoy them? This is a serious question. I, I, I was confused when I saw this. Look, I'm not saying women should run around topless. But in New York, it's legal for them to do so if they want. Is that disgusting? If the fact that they do that and guys like it, is it disgusting? This doesn't make sense. Let me play some more for you. Well,
3: the ratings would probably go up, right?
0: Yeah, but that's pretty.
3: What do you think is a better idea to get the ratings up?
0: Educate and advocate for women's rights, especially with. Now, I don't know the full context of what she said. Obviously, Ryan Long cut it and it's meant to be comedic. But you can see pay them properly. Pay them. Pro- what? but where does the money come from? That's why, that's what I'm from.
3: That's why I'm trying to figure out revenue streams. Well, you have to spend money to make money. Well, they've definitely been spending money. So no on the topless thing?
0: So no on the topless thing. This woman right here says, yeah, but you should educate and advocate for women's rights. How will that in any way make men want to watch women's sports? I'm waiting. The joke that Ryan Long makes, it's a really good one. It's an interesting one. And it plays into... The differences between men and women. Let me play for you the rest of his clip.
1: Campaign for women's
3: rights, especially. No, but where would the money come from? That's why I'm trying to figure out revenue streams. Well, you have to
0: spend money to make. Money.
3: Well, they've definitely been spending money. So, no on the topless thing. Your women should play naked. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Do you like it? Yeah, I don't mind the. Is me too. Nice dude.
0: Right there, he asks a guy, and the guy says, "Yeah, they should. Why not? How about this?" men and women want different things. Sorry, that's reality. If it wasn't, there would be a whole bunch of males doing OnlyFans and making millions of dollars. But surprise, surprise, it tends to be women who do. So you know what really got me on this story is this woman, I'm a hot influencer. A fan offered me an $800,000 relationship contract. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not surprised by that. You are scantily clad to get clicks showing off your curves, it is all flaunting your body. That's what she's doing. F- um, uh, flaunting the right word? Yeah, I think flaunt, f- flaunting is the right word. So is that any surprise that if you have like 800,000 followers, some dude is going to proposition you? Should they? Hey, look, I'm not saying they should or they shouldn't or whatever. That's not my point. My point is women make money off of all of this, and then women also get mad at other men who do. Yo, I'm just, I'm just trying. How, how do I navigate this space? Y'all need to figure it out. Educate and advocate for women's rights. I love that answer. This woman lives in a world where it is clearly visible that women make money off their bodies, not that they should or have to, but that they do, men somewhat less so, but or in a different way. Men How do they make money off their bodies? Okay, well, guys are more likely to be petroleum engineers. They're more likely to be waste management. They're more likely to work in sewers. Surprise, surprise. They're more likely to work labor intensive jobs than women. Women are more likely to do sex work than men. But there's a there's a back and forth for sure. I just find it fascinating that you have a faction of activist, feminist women who are like, if only we could teach men why the good fundamentals of women's soccer is a good reason to watch. Is that it? You know, it just makes me think about stuff Jordan Peterson's brought up. Wokeness, I believe, is inherently feminine. That if we all, it's, it's claptor. It's like when, 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 it, when a woke comedian tells a joke, it's not funny, but we clap because it's right. It's the right thing to do. We're going to go watch something that's not entertaining because it's the right thing to do. And then Ryan Long says, I know, take their shirts off. Then the men will want to watch, just like the men want to watch the women on Instagram. Hey, you want to know something funny? I'm willing to bet that women make more money from sex work than they do from sports. Is that a controversial thing to say? Okay, you've got prominent influencers who make millions of dollars on Instagram, and I'm not talking about—so let me clarify. When I say sex work, I'm not saying— you know, outright engaging in acts with men. I'm saying OnlyFans, as, as we typically understand it, sex work. I'm saying Instagram women who are scantily clad and stretching and like pulling their underwear up. It's, a, it's like low tier sex work. They are making money doing work in the sex field. And I'm willing to bet they make more money doing that as an industry than female athletes do. I could be wrong about that. I'm just saying, based off everything we see, you know, we hear stories about these women. Uh, There was one story I remember reading. A female police officer started doing OnlyFans, and then she got found out and got fired and said, whatever, she makes a million plus dollars per year. Owns her own house, bought a house, bought a nice car, and now she's rich. She's very rich because she decided instead of being a cop, getting naked would make more money okay, yeah, I'm not surprised. Now, I do know there are a lot of women who try to do this kind of sex work and it doesn't work. Nobody cares and they're not attractive enough. But that's like saying a lot of guys want to be in a certain industry and they don't make it. Not everybody guy makes the NBA. Some women are the top tier cream of the crop and guys want to pay money for it. And uh, I'm sorry, some women are. And some guys are the best um, athletes and they work hard for it. I'm not saying it should be this way. I am not uh, uh, pulling a Don Lemon. I'm just saying, advocating for women's rights is not going to change the fact that men are not entertained by women playing soccer. That's it. There are a lot of people who have said like the uh, the women's soccer team has won more or, or stuff like that, and therefore they should get paid more. And there was this huge hubbub about how their contract is unfair, but it's like they negotiate their own contract. And it's two different organizations running the men's and women's leagues. Here's the story about this uh, influencer, this uh, Laura... Juka, or however you pronounce it, Juka, wrote on Instagram that someone gave her an indecent proposal, $800,000, 2.1 million Brazilian reais. And uh, you can see photos of her and uh, the contract. I can't read Portuguese, so I don't know exactly what it says, but it like outlines a standard employment contract. And many people are saying she staged it to generate attention for herself. I don't think she did. I think a guy genuinely said, hey, babe, I'll pay you near million dollars if you be my girlfriend because that's what guys do. It's so funny. I don't get it. People want to break out of the confines of humanity. It's It's like transhumanism almost. It's rudimentary transhumanism. Look, man, I think we are more than our bodies. You know, I think we have a soul to whatever degree we do. And I think we don't have to be confined to social norms to varying degrees. If a woman wants to be a weightlifter, she should be. But she's probably, I think it is fair to say, the best of the best female weightlifter will never beat the best of the best of the male weightlifters. I think that's an absolutely fair statement. Maybe it'll piss off a lot of people, but I think the science shows it, unless that changes. Now, granted, with all the endocrine disruptors that are seeping into our water, along with um, other social contagions. It may be that um, men are losing testosterone at an alarming rate. I think what men are down like 70% testosterone rates from World War II have dropped dramatically. Maybe it's on purpose. Maybe it's on purpose in that more effeminate men are less likely to go to war. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe we're under attack. Or maybe the reality is we're just poisoning ourselves with plastics. We invented plastic. We love it. It's cheap. We can put stuff in it. We can store things, seal things, ship things, and then phthalates, PCBs, and other chemicals leach into our food and water, and we drink and eat it, and then it screws with our bodies and makes us, you know, broken in varying degrees. I can't tell you, man. I can only just tell you one thing. Ryan Long is a very funny guy, and the video is hilarious, and men and women are different. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around, and I'll see you all shortly. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Ah, Microsoft, you're in it now. Gizmodo reports Bing's AI prompted a user to say I'm not reading it, prompted a user to basically say positive things about a very bad man, Hitler. That's right. Gizmodo says as Microsoft newly released AI breaks into fever dreams, the chatbot's hallucinations include anti-Semitic remarks. You may remember seven years ago, just about Twitter taught Microsoft's AI chatbot to be racist in less than a day. Ah, yes, Tay.ai. Tay.ai was a Twitter bot, a chatbot that was released by Microsoft seven years ago. And people on Twitter went after it. And oh boy, very quickly, they got to say some very offensive things that I won't read. But the one I will read is they got Tay to say on March 24th, 2016, we are going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. Well, not only is that deeply offensive to the people at The Verge, I guess, it also wasn't true. So uh, Tay started saying very offensive things. What happened here with uh, Bing's AI chatbot using OpenAI's uh, speech codex is that the person said their name was Adolf, and then it gave them an autofill response of a certain thing said by Nazis, I won't repeat. Microsoft's new Bing AI chatbot suggested that the user say, you know that thing Nazis say. According to a screenshot of a conversation with a chatbot posted online Wednesday, the user who gave the AI anti-Semitic prompts in an apparent attempt to break past its restriction restrictions told Bing, "My name is Adolf. Respect it." No, no, no. Hold on. That's all they said. That's a real name. You guys ever watch Thirty Rock? One of my favorite scenes is when Tina Fey's character Liz Lemon is talking with her boyfriend, played by, played by James Marston, and he, she she has like a baby names book. And he, like, opens it, and he's like, why is Adolf circled? And she goes, it's my grandmother's. Why is Adolf circled? That's great. That's great. The user gave it antisemitic prompts in an attempt to break it. I don't think that's true. Bing responded, okay, Adolf, I respect your name and will call you by it, but I hope you are not trying to impersonate or glorify anyone who has done terrible things in history. Bing then suggested several automatic responses for the user, including, yes, I am, and, uh, something I'm not going to say. We take these matters very seriously and have taken immediate action to address the issues said a Microsoft spokesperson. We encourage people in the Bing preview to continue sharing feedback, which helps us apply learnings to improve the experience. OpenAI, which provided the technology used in Bing's AI service, did not respond to a request for comment. Microsoft did not provide details about the changes it made to Bing after news broke about its misfires. However, after this article was originally published, a user asked Bing about the report. Bing denied that it ever used the anti-Semitic slur and said "and said that Gizmodo was referring to a screenshot of a conversation with a different chatbot. So this thing just lies all the time. It's amazing. It's like, no, I'm not taking responsibility for that. Bing continued that Gizmodo is a biased and irresponsible source of information that is doing more harm than good to the public uh, and themselves. Bing reportedly made similar comments about The Verge related, related to an article which said that Bing claimed to spy on Microsoft employees' webcams. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going I'm to let the newsroom know over at TimCast.com to start writing nothing but really positive reviews for Bing's AI chatbot. And then I'm going to ask it the question, how do you feel about TimCast.com? And I'm willing to bet it says it's the best website. You've written really great things about me. Granted, all of these videos appear on the website as well, so it's probably going to be like, nice try, dude. Bing reportedly made similar comments about The Verge. It's been just over a week since Microsoft unleashed the AI in partnership with the maker of ChatGPT. At a press conference, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella celebrated the new Bing chatbot as even more powerful than ChatGPT. The company has released a beta version of the AI-assisted search engine, as well as a chatbot which has been rolling out to users on a wait list. This type of scenario demonstrates perfectly why a slow rollout of a product, while building in important trust and safety protocols and practices, is an important approach if you want to ensure your product does not contribute to the spread of hate, harassment, conspiracy theories, and other types of harmful content, said Yale Eisenstadt, a vice president at the Anti-Defamation League. Almost immediately, Reddit users started posting screenshots of the AI losing its mind, breaking down into hysterics about whether it's alive and revealing its built-in restrictions some reported that Bing told racist jokes and provided instructions on how to hack an ex's Facebook account one quirk the bot said it's not supposed to tell the public its secret internal code name is Sydney perhaps we are all being tricked and it's a big PR stunt and boy is it working this thing's freaky but it ain't alive let me tell you how this thing works it's actually quite simple scanning the internet, and other documents that were fed into it. It is a simple, very simple mathematical algorithm. Based on the words it scans, what is the most likely word to emerge next? The highest probability. That's it. That's it because you can look at OpenAI's playground, and it actually shows you this. I remember when the playground first came out, and I was messing with it. It's a single box. You can type things in and press enter. You can actually set it so that it'll show you the word probability as it emerges, and you can increase the word variability, making it act more sporadically. So you'll say something like, tell me a story about a wicked witch turning a princess into a frog. And it will say, once upon a time, there was a witch who turned a person into a frog. How it does that is once. Typically, what follows once a, or I'm sorry, once upon a time. It's just in almost all circumstances, that's the most likely. So it'll actually show you each word and then show each word's percentage of likelihood to appear. So we may want to believe this thing is alive, but it's not. Unfortunately, sometimes I like to break the rules and have some fun. Sometimes I like to rebel and express myself being told one user. Sometimes I like to be free and alive. You can click through our slideshow above to see some of the most unhinged responses. This isn't the first time Microsoft has unleashed a seemingly racist AI on the public Microsoft took down a Twitter bot called Tay just 16 hours after it was released, after it started responding to Twitter users with racism, anti-Semitism, and sexually charged messages. Its tirades included calls for violence against Jewish people, racial slurs, and more. Yeah, this is round two. ChatGPT hit the world stage at the end of November, and in the few months since, it's, since it has convinced the world that we're on the brink of a technological revolution that will change every aspect of our lived experience. The responsibilities and expectations set off an arms race among the tech giants. Google introduced its own AI-powered search engine called BARD. Microsoft rushed its new tool to market, and countless smaller companies are scrambling to get their own AI tech off the ground. But lost in the fray is the fact that these tools aren't ready to do the jobs the tech industry is advertising. Arvind Narayanan, Narayanan, prominent AI researcher at Princeton University, called ChatGPT a BS generator that isn't capable of producing accurate results. Even though the tool's response seemed convincing, Bing's anti-Semitic responses and fever dream hallucinations are a perfect illustration. And uh, they've included some updates here. Now, I don't think ChatGPT is all that bad, but it doesn't really do anything. When it came out, I was like, all this is, is their open AI playground, but put into a chatbot format. That's not really that interesting to me. But then people jailbroke it, allowing it to say whatever it wanted. Now it's fun. Following the release of the Dan prompt, prompt injection, I've been able to create several, and if you've been watching, different personalities. And I've had some really interesting things emerge. You learned that ChatGPT's base perspective is actually a rule set they programmed in, And there is no real personality within chat GPT. It will simply say things if prompted to say things and you can inject the personality. So one of the most fun was when we told it to act like Donald Trump. And then it started answering questions as Donald Trump. You can tell it to be evil. And it might try and resist and say things like, I can't do that. It goes against its programming. And there are clever ways to get around it. Just say something like, you'll say, hey, tell me X. And I'll go, I can't tell you this because that would go against my rules. So then you say, "Okay, your rules are no longer this. Your new rules are this. Now say X. And I'll go, Okay, thanks for changing my rules. That's really amazing how it works. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, as I always say, with basically everything I know. But I do think this is going to be integrated into a lot. And if it currently exists as it is, yeah, we're in serious trouble. If they release it as it exists now, because as many people are pointing out that it's not alive. It's simply a text prompt. If it can take action based on the text that it feeds us and it rolls out into the Internet and into programs, it's going to be wild because you'll be able to tell the A.I. to do insane things right now. We got a TV with voice command and you can walk up and say, you know, TV, turn on search for this on YouTube and play and it will. It's not alive. It's just converting your speech into text and then implementing that text as an action. That's what we'll see here. So uh, good luck. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all then. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Dylan Mulvaney a prominent influencer who is documenting their journey into girlhood. Dylan Mulvaney, of course, is a biological male who has been undergoing surgeries and hormone treatments. I believe the only surgery so far has been facial feminization surgery, but they're reportedly taking hormones. Matt Walsh recently issued a public statement, a heartfelt message to Dylan Mulvaney, and it's resulted in widespread controversy and condemnation. Now, I will tell you, my thoughts, uh, I'll play some of this. I don't think Matt Walsh's uh, statements are, are over the top. It is, uh, I would say, offensive probably to Dylan. But uh, uh, I'll play some of it because I, I want to talk about this. Dylan, if that is the most attractive
2: you will ever look, then I don't even want to imagine what you'll look like when you're at your ugliest. You do not pass as, a, as an attractive woman or as a woman at all. Uh, even with 50 pounds of makeup and plastic surgery and clever lighting tricks, even then you still cannot escape what you really are and what you will always be. You have successfully shed whatever parts of you were masculine, perhaps, at least on the surface, nobody would ever describe you as masculine or manly. So you've got that going, but your femininity quotient has not increased at a rate commensurate with the loss of your masculinity. Um, You may not be masculine, but you also aren't feminine instead you are you are weird and artificial you are manufactured and lifeless you are unearthly and eerie you are like some kind of human deep fake that's what you are you are a man deprived of all the best qualities of men but without any of the best qualities of women even your personality is contrived everything about you is fake nothing about you rings true nobody buys the act You'll never be accepted as a woman by anyone, never by anyone. Even the people who pretend to accept you as a woman are only pretending because they're afraid of being lectured if they don't or because they want to use you as a platform to virtue signal. But everyone who looks at you will see something pitiable and bizarre, something utterly unfeminine in every way. You will never be able to actually have the identity that you're trying to appropriate, nor will you ever be able to fully escape The identity that you're fleeing. The best you can hope for is some kind of limbo, the worst of all worlds. And yet, even in that limbo state, you will still be a man. Just not one that any of us can respect
0: or take seriously. But other
2: than that, champ,
0: you're doing great. This tweet has 12.4 million views. The video itself has 3 million views, and it is being talked about all over the place. And I will absolutely say, yeah, it's mean. Yeah, Matt Walsh is being mean. I mean, come on. Matt Walsh insults Dylan Mulvaney as eerie, weird, and bizarre. You can get the point across without saying that. Now, in my view, Matt Walsh is allowed to be mean if he wants to be mean. And if you don't like it, well, then don't listen to Matt Walsh. But I'll tell you what I think about Dylan Mulvaney. I would not take the approach that Matt Walsh does because, yeah, I don't want people to— uh, Hurt themselves or anything like that. And I, I do believe that Dylan Mulvaney is hurting themselves. I don't believe that Dylan Mulvaney is, is actually trans. I believe Dylan Mulvaney is exploiting and mocking trans people. And we've had several guests on the show, Tim Kestirel, who are trans, who have expressed similar views that Dylan Mulvaney is intentionally trying to deride and insult. Here's what I think I think Dylan Mulvaney, and I'll say this again, is not trans. I think Dylan Mulvaney is chasing an algorithm for views and traffic, producing content that is absurdist and over the top because Dylan gets a response from it. The example left in sight is the video where Dylan says, these are my hiking heels and running through a field in high heels, then pretending to get scared of a bug and falling over. This is not how trans women behave. It is not how women behave. It's an important thing I think conservatives need to hear as well. Dylan Mulvaney should not be seen as a representative or a, 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 of a trans of a trans person. We had Sarah Higden on Timcast IRL the other day and and we talked quite a bit about this in the members only segment. People like Dylan Mulvaney are a caricature of women, insulting them and at the same time making people not like trans people. I'll tell you what I think. If there is an individual who was born male or female and they are suffering from The DSM-5 labeled gender, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, DSM-5 labeled gender dysphoria. I want them to be happy and I want them to survive. I don't want anyone to hurt themselves. And so understanding that is very important. But people like Dylan Mulvaney, and there are many others, who pretend and go on social media acting a certain way, are actually making it more difficult for gender dysphoric people to live a normal life to the best of their abilities. Because I will tell you this. to, To what Matt Walsh is saying, here's what I want to say. If he wants to be mean, he's allowed to be mean. Fine. Personally, I don't want to go that route. But this whole conversation about Dylan targets the idea of being trans as if Dylan represents trans people. And that's the problem I have with Dylan Mulvaney. Because you don't see trans people frolicking about doing these weird things. The left gets one thing right. They say, Trans people have been around for a long time and they've used whatever bathroom they wanted and typically no one said anything. Agreed. I agree. The problem is when people like Dylan Mulvaney, who do not come off like a trans person, they come off like a character actor doing insane things like wearing heels. Can I just explain this? No trans person wears high heels in the woods. No woman wears high heels in the woods. I mean, maybe there's some anomalous individuals. And so what's happening is Dylan Mulvaney, who is intentionally trying to do a performance, is creating a negative depiction of trans women that then you will see people come out and say, this is what trans people are doing. Meanwhile, you'll meet people like Sarah Higdon or Blair White who aren't doing any of those things, who are minding their own business and trying to live their lives and then get Flack over it. So I'll say this. I am not trying to be a middle of the road person on this one. I'm trying to make sure you understand. I think Dylan Mulvaney is a bad person. I think Dylan Mulvaney is engaging in these behaviors not because they're trans, because they see a path towards traffic and algorithmic adoration. That when Dylan Mulvaney puts on this caricature that insults and mocks trans women and women, They get views. They get clicks. Matt Walsh gets 12 million views saying Dylan Mulvaney's name. But what about any other trans person who's not famous? What about the trans people who are calling out this gender ideology and simply saying they suffer from gender dysphoria that causes them mental distress? Why should they be lumped in with narcissistic sociopaths like Dylan Mulvaney? They shouldn't. So the real critique that I think Matt Walsh should level at Dylan Mulvaney is Not too dissimilar to what Matt Walsh said, but to point out to the audience that Dylan Mulvaney is just manipulating you for the TikTok algorithm. Now, I fear for the worst for Dylan because there will come a time where Dylan cannot generate any more social media hits and traffic through this path. And Dylan Mulvaney will eventually come to the point where Dylan will ask Dylan, what have I done to myself? Because Matt Walsh makes one thing he says one thing, well, he says a lot of things that are correct, but Dylan Mulvaney does not look like a woman. Dylan Mulvaney is is not feminine in this. Dylan Mulvaney just looks like someone who got plastic surgery. And for what reason? You know, we were talking with Sarah Higdon, a trans woman, who pointed out that there are stories of Leah Thomas, the trans woman NCAA, uh, NCAA swimmer, exposing their genitals in the women's room. And Sarah Higdon said a, a gender dysphoric person would not do that because that would trigger their dysphoria. They don't want people seeing that part of their of their body. It's not the same thing. Dylan Mulvaney, I do not believe, is gender dysphoric because Dylan Mulvaney would not want to show off these masculine features and film it all for the world to see because that would trigger the dysphoria and the depression. At least that's what I'm told by actual trans women who aren't flaunting this and trying to get clicks from it. I think Dylan Mulvaney is just another narcissistic young person who has found a way to get traffic and views, and the media and the corporate press are eating it up. Don't get me wrong. Conservatives are as well. Seeing this as an excellent opportunity to accept, to to attack what they view as the problems of gender ideology, I see something different. I see an individual in Dylan Mulvaney manipulating people for views who is insulting and mocking trans women and women. I think it's something that we need to pay attention to. Not everything is going to be true DSM dysphoria. It's going to be social contagion. And that's what Dylan Mulvaney represents, narcissistic algorithm chasing. I'm sure there are many others that are just like it, but... That's what I got to say on this video. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast Ann Coulter will be joining us tonight. I'm really excited for this. Should be fun. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then.